How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Keep It Kayfabe podcast. Here we are with episode number six. I'm here with my co-host, Matt. He's here every time now. You're a permanent fixture on this show. I am. We have a bunch of fans. We're breaking news. So breaking we, news. We have some Brock Lesnar news here today. We actually have the substance he failed for. As reported by the LA Times, Lesnar failed a second drug test on the night of UFC 200, and he was popped for an estrogen blocker. These, one of the same exact ones that John Jones failed for. And John Jones failed for two separate estrogen blockers, but the substance here is clomiphene, and Victor Conti of the uh, Balco drug, drug empire there a couple years ago in the baseball era says that this drug is a PED and incre- can increase testosterone by as much as 50%, so it's very much effective. So, yeah, Lesnar seems to definitely be on PEDs. Same thing with Jones. I mean, uh, Lesnar hasn't released any statements, I don't think, yet. I mean, he's he said we'll get to the bottom of this, but I don't think he said he was guilty or innocent or anything like that, and Jones has been saying that he's innocent the whole time with his press conference the day after. So. Listen to our last podcast to see what a drug test failure for Lesnar could mean for the uh, WWE and for his fighting future. In other news, Nick Diaz's suspension is up July 31st. He fought Anderson Silva two years ago in a fight that he lost to Anderson. And Anderson failed for PEDs, and then Nick Diaz got popped for a marijuana uh violation and so he was suspended for five years and after a long feud with the nevada state athletic commission he got it reduced to 18 months so that is up july 31st so he's probably going to be booked for a fight very soon his uh, little brother rose to fame recently he beat conor mcgregor and he actually became the more popular diaz brother for about 10 years there uh, nick was the most popular one and so now it's going to be fun to see where he goes. He's probably going to end up facing the winner of Carlos Condit and Damian Maya. That fight has been moved from UFC 202 to UFC on Fox 21. So, in some more MMA news, at Bellator 158, Michael Venom Page, also known as MVP, had a fight against Cyborg. And Cyborg went in for a takedown in this fight. Michael Venom Page kneed him in the face. Cyborg went straight down, and MVP won the fight. It was later reported that Cyborg suffered from a fractured skull from that knee in the fight. Now, this isn't all that happened, as, in a little more ridiculous news at the end of this fight, after they announced Michael Venom Page as the winner, he put on a Pokemon hat, grabbed a Pokeball, and rolled it at the down Cyborg on the mat. Mind you, it's well, Cyborg was still screaming in pain because he had a fractured skull. A fractured skull. So as we mentioned before on the show, Bellator has made some questionable booking decisions in the past. They had the Kimbo fight where Kimbo and Dada 5000, uh, you know, Dada suffered the two, two heart attacks inside the Bellator cage. And then a month after the fight, Kimbo died of, of uh, pretty sure, heart attack or complications from a failing heart and then so then we have cyborg here this last weekend and he's an older fighter 
He's uh, he's not the worst, but he's not. I wouldn't say he's top fifty in the world in his weight class. And they put him in there against the killer like MVP, and then this happens. Like, you know, what do they expect? Also, after the fight, uh, initially it looked like um, Cyborg was going to need to have a fundraiser to pay for his medical bills, but then Bellator said they would cover all the expenses. Um, his ex-wife Cyborg Santos, the UFC female fighter, actually. Uh, had a GoFundMe page set up, and then in a report later, he said that he didn't need the GoFundMe page, and he would be good to fight within the next uh, next three months, and he's not actually that hurt. So all these things are translated from uh, Portuguese because they're Brazilian and they don't really speak English, so it'll take a few days to find out what they actually said. But if he is good to go in the next you know a couple months, Bellator shouldn't have him fight because, like I said before on the show. And uh, these words might be predicting the future a little bit here, but Bellator might have the first MMA death if they keep booking people in fights like this. It's getting to the point where, like, I feel like they just throw in the worst fighter against the best fighter they can find and then hope for the best results, like the Gladiator days. Like, people say MMA is barbaric, and it's really not at all, but it is barbaric if you put in someone that can't defend themselves against a killer. Like, if you put in a kickboxer against, like, a 50-year-old man that can't defend, like, head kicks, that's not good. Next, we have a brief cruiserweight classic review. This is a WWE-run tournament where they have 32, 32, right? 32? 32, yeah. Yeah, okay. 32 of the best cruiserweights in the world from all different promotions, all different countries. I think there's over 10 different countries listed, right? There's a lot of different countries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's people from New Japan, there's people from Independence uh, in Germany, the UK, and... Um, and even smaller than that, there was a guy who started his own promotion in the Hong, in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of these people are really good workers. They've never had a, a big stage to wrestle on before. But all these matches are great. All these guys had to weigh in to make the 205-pound weight limit. They're all smaller guys, so they're all guys that can just fly around the ring, sell moves really well. So on Wednesday night, we had round one. And all these matches were taped before, but they were never televised. So this is the first time they're being televised. And this show had the first four matches of the tournament. And we're not going to give any spoilers here, but some of New Japan's biggest stars are taking place in the tournament. Some old faces from wrestling like Tajiri are taking place in the tournament. And uh, some names you've never heard of before are also there, so definitely check that out. Matt, any words on the Cruiserweight Classic? Yeah, after watching the first episode of the Cruiserweight Classic that's available on the WWE Network, uh, I think it's going to be a really entertaining tournament. A lot of these guys have a really entertaining style, it seems. A high-flying Cruiserweight, all the kinds of flips and entertaining types of spots and moves that a lot of people like to see in matches and uh the combination of Moro Ronaldo and Daniel Bryan on commentary I think also works really well I think the two of them work really well together to uh to explain what's going on in the match without having some of the uh some of the kayfabe interruption that you get from the regular Raw Smackdown commentary this is pure pure statistical commentary pure play-by-play commentary without some of the uh without as much of that the 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 storyline stuff so i 
like the commentary and I like the action that I saw in the first episode and I'd like to see more of the more of this style of wrestling if it if they continue to do like what they've done in the first episode here. I would definitely say if I was uh if I was hanging out with somebody who didn't watch wrestling at all, this is definitely the show I would show them because you don't have to know the wrestlers to be involved in the storylines. You don't have to know anything about wrestling. You don't have to you don't have to already know where these guys are coming from. You can just enjoy the matches for what they are. Uh, the announcers do a great job of telling the story as it's taking place in the ring. And even if there's no story, you can just enjoy the action. So uh, I highly recommend this. So you, should, you guys should definitely check it out. even with no story, they do have their little little vignettes before the, before each match. Each each wrestler does have a little vignette where they explain their their little personality, their their style or whatever. So... Even though there's no story, it's still that a little bit of wrestling thrown in there. Also, of note, it seems to not take into account WWE kayfabe, WWE fakeness. Uh, we have Daniel Bryan playing a very serious uh, commentator. He's not his fun-loving character that's currently on on TV. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if the old WWE guys like Tajiri are going to have their history and past mentioned or if it's just going to be ignored in favor of their more recent work so we'll see where that goes and now we have the draft results of the 2016 wwe draft that took place on live smackdown that they're they're uh advertising as the first live smackdown even though there's been over like 20 live smackdowns but this is the first one the first one apparently but this is the first smackdown live and draft on smackdown that's true. Well, first full draft on SmackDown, even though half of it was on the WWE Network. And they advertised that it was on the network, unlike last night when they cut off Raw and didn't tell anybody to go to the network to check no, out the finish. If you, if you just watched Raw, you would have thought Seth Rollins was the WWE Champion going out of Raw. Yeah, very rookie mistake there at the end of Raw. What the hell, Kevin Stephanie done? McMahon even announced it. So the first draft pick was Seth Rollins to Raw. Oh boy, Seth Rollins. What a surprise. Then we had Dean Ambrose to SmackDown. Of course. And from there on out, it was kind of underwhelming. There were no no crazy no crazy uh random wild card picks, nothing like that. It was all kind of straight up, you know. No, yeah, nothing came as a surprise. Everything was part of the the regular roster that you would have expected. There was no surprise returns or anything like that. So we have here American Alpha, Carmella, Nia Jax, Finn Balor, Alexa Bliss, and Mojo Raleigh from NXT. There was no Nakamura, no Samoa Joe, there was no Asuka, there was no Bailey. <laughs> Not even in the supplemental draft on the WWE Network where, like, you know, the social outcast got drafted. In in storyline sense, you want the best draft picks, right? So Finn Balor lost to Samoa Joe, and then he lost to Shinsuke Nakamura. So you want to best draft the best guy. So what you do is you draft Finn Balor, who lost to both of those guys, and then don't touch any of the other guys throughout the whole entire draft. Now, if it was explained that they didn't get to pick the last, like, half of the draft or whatever, whatever didn't air on Raw, maybe they didn't get to pick it, maybe that would make sense. But storyline-wise, why would you neglect all those top draws that you have that are available to you? Well, I mean, Kane 
chokeslammed Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and then who's the next person that we're drafting but Sami Zayn? Yeah, we're supposed to shake things up here, and we have Kane burying. I mean, a lot of people are going to say that's overreacting because, he, you know, it was just one segment, but Kane shouldn't be burying guys like this. Shouldn't be choke slamming yeah, Sami Zayn and a, Kevin Owens at the same time. Not a good segment. Not a good segment. Why at are you all. putting over Kane so much? And so, other than that, we have our SmackDown champions now are Miz with the Intercontinental, Ambrose with the World Title, WWE Championship. The, yeah, the WWE Championship. Sorry, they're probably going to make a, another one for Raw now. Uh, Daniel Bryan is the SmackDown GM with. Uh, Shane McMahon being the SmackDown commissioner. We have Mick Foley as the Raw GM with Stephanie as the Raw commissioner. Charlotte is the women's champion. Rusev is the United States champion. And uh, the New Day uh, stuck together during the draft. They're on, they're on Raw. Some uh, interesting news here. We split up the Wyatt family. We don't have Braun Strowman anymore on... Uh, with the Wyatts, with the rest of the Wyatts anyway. Uh, Bray and Eric Rowan are on SmackDown, and Braun is on Raw. So they're going to finish up their feud here with the New Day, and I don't know. And and that's another thing, is now the New Day is going to be on Raw, and the Wyatts are on SmackDown. So that's pretty much just saying that like this whole brainwashing thing is going to gonna end. But I mean, maybe they rip Xavier Woods out of the New Day still. Just because they were drafted together doesn't mean they're going to remain together necessarily. You're right, but there's... Bray Wyatt could still rip Xavier Woods out, and not necessarily have like the Wyatt family around anymore, but just have Xavier Woods as like almost as a manager, like he if does they, for the new day. If they want to mess up one of their top draws, that's what I would have them do. Which I'm sure they wouldn't mind messing up I'm their sure top draws. I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Also, Roman Reigns was. Uh, drafted to Raw, Raw. right? And Brock Lesnar was drafted to Raw. Brock Lesnar was. So Stephanie doesn't care about drug test results or anything. No. She doesn't care if she's a heel. That's true. And Mick Foley doesn't care. He's a heel now. I guess, yeah. He's tweener heel. And, uh... I mean, his off-the-cuff pick was Chris Jericho, so he's definitely a heel. Well, you know, Daniel Bryan had to have the Miz's back and draft him. But that was just because he's an Intercontinental Champion. Uh, really lackluster draft here. If you didn't, if you didn't watch it, you didn't really miss anything. There was, yeah, like you said, there wasn't any. It was really run of the mill. No news here. So that's our final segment here today. We're gonna have more, a more in depth uh, draft review probably in our next show. So look out for that. If there's anything you want to see, leave us a comment. If you liked what you heard, give us a share. Give us a like. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we're probably going to do this once or twice a week. Like we said, it's probably not going to be daily, but maybe someday it will be. So stay tuned. That was keep it kayfabe podcast number six and number seven will be coming in two or three days.